Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Discover You podcast. It's great for you to be listening. And I'm recording this between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, I'm enjoying time away at my mother's house. And so I hope you guys, when you hear this, it'll be the second week of uh, January. I hope you guys had a great holiday, a great Christmas. Hope you were able to spend time with family. Hope you had a great uh, New Year's Eve. And I'm look forward, looking forward to what's going to happen in the next year. And I know you're excited about it. I know God has great things and exciting things for us. But I was here at my mother's house, and my brother lives in the same town as my mother. And I asked him if we could sit down and talk a little bit, because my brother is a great example of what I've been talking about, about people knowing what their motivations are, but they're doing something that's not part of their motivations, not their main motivations, because that's what they're, they, were, they got in there somehow, or they were doing something but now he's doing a, another job that is actually right in his wheelhouse. I mean, he is discovering so much more about himself, but I'm going to let him talk about it. So it's it's an exciting time. Uh, it's my baby brother. It's my only brother. But um, I, I just wanted you guys to hear from him because I, it's just such a, a great example of when you operate within your motivations, how you're designed, then you're a better person because of it. You're better to be around, you are more fulfilled, and you're more productive. And so anyway, so you guys are in for a treat. Um, I'll start off with uh, asking him, uh, I know he's told me what his top three motivations are, So, I, but I don't remember what they are. So Rich, would you tell me what your top three, if you can remember more of them, that's fine. Well, the last time, uh, by the way, it's good to be with you guys today. And last time, that I took the uh, test, it was encouragement, mercy, and serving. I don't think it would be much different if I were to take the test today, because as you have said many times, sometimes depending on the phase of life you're in, things that you've learned along the way, it does it does adjust somewhat. But uh, encouragement is my number one gift, uh, and I find that is what's natural to me. I always tend to ask people when we're talking about motivational gifts, if I were to call you and tell you that my house burned down, what would be your first response? And typically, people's first response is what God has put in them in their DNA. And mine would be to encourage you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And then I would cry. I would just cry with you. And then uh, lastly, I'd roll up my sleeves and ask, what can I do to help? And that's where that, that serving comes in. To kind of give you a little history, 2001, January the 7th, 2001, my dad and I started a church here in the town where I'm at, Princeton, Texas. We started a church. And it was to minister to people that were uh, addicted to substances and alcohol and things like that. And we basically started a church for his younger brothers that had just come out of that lifestyle. Rich was actually in San Angelo at the time. 
uh, working at a radio station. We worked at the church and things like that. And then they, Rich and his family moved back up. And of course, it's a family affair, you know, my dad being a pastor's son. And I don't know if I've mentioned to you guys that my my baby brother married my wife's baby sister. So Sharon's sister, Tanya, is my brother's wife. So my brother is my brother and my brother-in-law. <laughs> so uh, it gets kind of weird that way. But anyway, so they came back and, began, of course, jumped right in the middle of the church and became part of it. And, and Rich uh, took the youth program. And, uh, of course, they were part of the worship team, that sort of thing. And then his dad began to develop... He was diagnosed with his Alzheimer's, and we started seeing more and more effects of it. Uh, it was affecting his eyesight, and so we got to where he couldn't read. And so what we'd do is me and Rich would take turns reading his text for him, and then he would preach. And that was good for a while, but then it got to where his, his memory issues were affecting his preaching, and he would repeat himself pretty often and a lot of things like that. So it became evident that he was going to have to to step down and someone else was going to have to take the reins. And so uh, through a diff- through a process of, of things happening, Rich actually became the senior pastor. And at the time I was, I was the administrative pastor and I was the worship leader. And then when we transitioned, uh, he became the senior pastor. His wife actually became the worship leader because I left to go help my brother-in-law with the church. He was having back surgery and stuff. So we went and Helped him. That's kind of my, you know, you know my mo. I kind of help go and help people do things. So he became the senior pastor, and it was okay for a while. But then he began to realize years into it, he began to realize, wait a minute, I, this this might not be what I'm meant to do. Rich, let's talk a little bit about some of that discovery, some of that self discovery, and and how you uh, came to understand the role and. What made you question? But it's interesting because when you said earlier that I was a good example of utilizing your giftings to do what you do now, I think it's because I've spent many years, as you said, not fully utilizing my giftings uh, and expressing them to the fullest extent. Um, I really, after about five years into becoming senior pastor, I really began to question whether I was senior pastor material. Now, growing up in a pastor's home, as you and I have, and and when we feel called to be a pastor, what we knew, the only thing that we knew was senior pastor. We didn't understand that there were other ways to to pastor in a church. And so felt that call, became senior pastor five years in, just didn't feel connected with that and didn't know why. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago, I began to understand that I really feel like God has called me with this encouraging gifting that God has really called me more to be a support role and an encouragement to what we call a good number two to a number one, you know. Um, and so I, when I began to realize that, I was still senior pastor. And so uh, I'll I'll just skip a lot of the gory details. Long story short, I resigned from the church where we were and uh, began to look to do some consulting with churches to utilize my administrative gifting. As the, for many years as the senior pastor, I always felt a pull also to help administrate the church and get things in order administratively. And what I mean by that is putting together strategies for growth and putting together plans for ministries and the behind the scenes kind of work. But while I felt the pull to do that, I had to stay as the senior pastor looking ahead. And there was this constant struggle of, of, you know, tethering myself down too much to do that. But that was my, that was what I wanted to do. That's where I found fulfillment. 
after I resigned from Grace, uh, I have a friend of mine that that pastors in Farmersville, which is the community over not far from where we are now, and he said, I'd love for you to come help me administratively. And I thought, okay, well, here we go. And when I began working at Pathway Church, which is where I'm at now, as the administrative pastor, I basically function as an executive pastor, but we have a director of finance. So I'm in charge of all the ministries, uh, leading the ministry directors, and in charge of helping to put together strategies for growth. Um, I really began to get, you know, neck deep into that and realize, you know what, this is what God has called me to do from the very beginning. I'm learning a whole lot about church growth and about leadership and management and the difference between the two. And And the senior pastor, is, who is a good friend of mine, Mike Phillips, he's also understanding how he, as a visionary, is to lead the church. And then me, as kind of a policies, strategies, I'm very linear in my thinking, give me five steps to get somewhere and I can know to get there how we can work together to complement one another instead of compete with one another. to break away from the podcast for just a minute to thank the sponsor of this episode. Now, if you've ever wanted to start a podcast, or if you've already started one but find it hard to do, why don't you try Anchor.fm? That's what I'm using for this podcast. Anchor.fm is the easiest, most flexible way to publish a podcast on the market. You can record, edit, add music, or anything else directly from your phone. That's what I'm doing for this ad. I'm recording it from my phone. You can record it from a tablet or your desktop. Best of all, it's free. Totally free. So, if you ever wanted to start a podcast and all the distributions handled by Anchor, everything's handled by Anchor, just try anchor.fm and you'll become a raving fan like I am. And I want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. Now, back into the episode. Well, one of the things I wanted to point out to people is that time as a senior pastor is actually not wasted in your current position. Mm-hmm. We've had this discussion. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? So I always knew that I wanted to work with someone, uh, uh, work under someone that really was moving somewhere. But when I said that, I still didn't really know well, what did that mean? What would that look like? What does that person need for me to do? But spending the the eight to nine years that I did as senior pastor, it really helped me understand how, as an administrative pastor, I could support the senior pastor. I now know, and I've always tell people this, I, I want to be the associate pastor that I never had. Now, I had people that would work with me, and but I never really had a plan for what, you know, clear expectations for them of what they needed to do to help me, support me, and to help the church. Now, it is me working together with Pastor Mike and now that I know that I'm secure in my gifting, my calling, I know that I'm supposed to be a, a really good number two, there's no competition. I'm not trying to become the senior pastor. He's not. We're trying to learn now to delineate between what is his role as the lead pastor and what is my role as administrative pastor and making sure we stay in our lanes. But that's going to be a constant thing. I think we're going to be constantly doing that. But but I, so, so you're right. Those years that I spent at Grace, not only was there a lot of ministry that happened there and lives were changed and we can never devalue that, but it really helped me understand how senior pastors should think and the load and the pressure that a senior pastor has. And if my only job assignment was to help him have peace and to help him lead so that he doesn't have to be so anxious and stressed out, then that, then my job's well done. 
but it's also to help support the staff to equip them and empower them to do what God's called them to do. So Rich's actual training is in radio. He's been in Christian radio for, well, been in radio for decades. And uh, that's what he went to college for and that sort of thing. So while he was in ministry positions, in between ministry positions, he was serving in radio. And there was, at one point, he was actually the program director for a large radio station here in Dallas, KCBI. Did that program director position have any of the same elements as your administrative pastor position? Absolutely. Uh, One of the things that I love, I can really geek out over metrics and uh, just numbers and measuring different things. And as a program director, you know, we went over what's called the Arbitron numbers, which is how you gauge how many listeners you have. And it's a science, it's art. And part of my job was to not only lead the air staff and lead the, the, the on-air team, but to interpret that data to dis- distinguish between when we had the highest, list- highest listenership, when it was low, and what we could do to, to bridge the gap. I find a lot of that uh, is involved with what I do now in reading the metrics. We measure everything at Pathway. I mean, the only way to know if you're being effective is to measure the metrics and set a goal and see if you're accomplishing that goal. And if you're not, what kept us from it? And if you did, great, let's celebrate and move on. Um, but the other thing that I learned was most of my years, I, yeah, 30 years I've been in broadcasting, hard to believe that. I'm too young to be a veteran in anything. Um, but most of what I learned, because most of my career in radio was in Christian radio, in ministry. And so I learned a lot of nonprofit ministry um, principles that really are true no matter what nonprofit you're in, whether it's radio station or church. And so there are some nuances to church and the pastoral part of it, but really in what I do administratively, it's dealing, it's leading the team, managing the team, providing that leadership, uh, managing a strategy for growth, which is a lot of what we did in radio. Uh, so, so yeah, all of what I have done has led me to where I am now. But one of the things that I like about what your book talks about and what you talk about in your podcast is you don't really, you can hear it and you can experience it, but you have to discover it. Mm-hmm. And that discovery is, it's like we just came through Christmas and when you get a gift and it's wrapped up and it's under the tree and it has your name on it, that's your gift. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And if you take that gift and set it on the shelf and say, that's my gift, I've got a gift. See my gift? That's fine, but you haven't really discovered what that gift is. Mm-hmm. You have to unwrap the, 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 the paper, open the box and pull it out. And even after you do that and you discover your gift, what good is it if you just put it on the shelf and say, see that? I got this gadget for Christmas. And see that gadget? No, use the gadget. Take it and use it. So a lot of what you're helping us understand with your book and with your podcast is, number one, you have a gift discover it, and utilize it. And I think that's what God has, has helped me to do in the last few years is knowing that I was that I had certain gifts, what they were, but now I've, got, I've opened that gift and I begin to utilize it, and that's where I'm really finding the greatest fulfillment. So one of the things I want everyone to understand is you will, will be doing jobs, you'll be doing things that are not your strongest uh, motivations. You still have all seven in you, so there's you're growing something. You're learning something about yourself, and my myself included. I mean, I I used to think I was just really schizophrenic, and because I'd go from job to job to job. But once I found out that the teaching gift inside of me is, I want to learn as much as I can about something, and I'll learn it and learn it and learn it. And I'll throw myself headlong into it. But then once I've learned it, I'm done. I'm ready to move on to the next thing, and that's what's been happening. 
And so none of these jobs were a waste. I've got a broad base of knowledge. I've dealt with so many different people. It's helped me in what I'm doing. And so Rich is, has, has experienced the same thing. He's he's delved into some of that, some of his gifting because of the, the program director positions. But then, you know, going into the senior pastor position because of expectations, because uh, we didn't, and we thought, hey, if you're a preacher, you're supposed to be a senior pastor. You know, that's kind of what we thought, but now we understand differently. What I want you to talk about next, Rich, is what are the fruits of you discovering? Uh, I mean, talk about some of the success, some of the things that have been happening at the church. It's exciting. In fact, we just went to their—on uh, Sunday before Christmas, they had their first uh, Sunday where they had two services. And it was like they planned on having two services in three years and after him, and he's been there a year. And so— it's exciting. So just talk about some of the things that you've helped to kind of bring along. I know you've got an awesome team. Mm-hmm. Mike is a great pastor. But because everything's in place now, it's being more productive. We talked about this in our staff meeting today uh, because uh, Christmas was Christmas Eve was Monday and Christmas was Tuesday. And, and we're sitting here the week of Christmas recording this. So just today, we got together as a staff for our staff meeting. We talked about it today and we all realize, number one, it's God that that brings the fruit, the growth, but it's also us being responsible for finding our niche, finding our place. And true teamwork is everybody being confident in what I am gifted to do, what I'm called to do, and not trying to do everything else. And uh, so this, so when I first came to Pathway about a year ago, we had no strategic plan for growth. Um, the only plan was let's just love on people and minister to people and and let people know they're welcome to be there, but how do we do that? How do we close the back door, what we call? In other words, we have first-time guests come in. How do we retain those first-time guests? How do we let the, let you know the, all the ministries work together to create this growth strategy? And so we began to work with a coach and put this strategy together. And one of the biggest metrics that we've seen as far as uh, our growth, obviously, is our attendance. And at the first quarter of, of 2018, we were averaging 190 in attendance every Sunday. And um, just this Sunday that James was referencing our Christmas service, we had two services, we had 428 people. And we got to thinking about today then what our average is, and that's basically a 24% growth in one year. Now, that's amazing. If we didn't have a plan to retain that growth, we'd be in trouble. And the reason that, that that growth is so successful is not just because of me and coming in with the magic bullet, but... It's really Pastor Mike realizing what his giftings are, and I will give it to him this too. He recognizes what his giftings are not, and that's the biggest part of discovery. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.